You ready to I'm, jump in and Yeah, man, let's do it. Tread water. <laughs> this is um Just jump in and swim. Let's go. There you go. I think um, you need to say clearly what happened. Who gives a fuck? I can't be personally kick Candace Owens and her stinky cray cray. No good thing starts with I was thinking about my ex. He ain't learned his lesson. That's a brother ain't gonna learn shit. I know this is gonna be up by the hell, kid. Let's keep this shit funky. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening, what's crackulating, what's popping? Welcome to another episode of the Unpopular Opinion Show or Unpoppin' Show. I think we're going to have to just go with Unpoppin' Show because there's quite a few unpopular opinions out there. Um, But ours is the best. I'll say, I'll say it. There's one, there's one out of uh, the UK, and I want to say it's like BBC. It's associated with the BBC that... They they come up consistently in the ranking, okay. but uh, you know thanks to thanks to our new subscribers, our old subscribers, people are commenting and watching the video, liking and subscribing to do all that. Continue to do that. We are actually starting to come up in the ranking. So when you search "unpopular opinion show," we're popping up, and it's 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 a good look. Yeah. yeah. Or just go with "unpopping show" if you haven't. And I'll say this early now: if you're just watching this now for the first time, if you haven't subscribed, please do. Um, go to our website, unpoppinshow.com, and all of our links are there on the website, and you can subscribe and follow the rabbit hole of all the nonsense we've talked over the past <laughs> months or so. It, it, you, you'll get a kick You know, we're, we're, we're coming up on a year. Is it? Jeez. Yep. Our first show was uh, June 20th, 2020. Oh, so we're, we're, we're approaching one year. That's what's up. We stuck to it. <laughs> we still here. <laughs> we haven't been uh, canceled or shamed out of existence yet. Not yet. Not yet. Although, speaking of shame, I do want to take this time to thank a um, a watcher, a listener, uh, a so, someone who... Um, checked out our content and found it fit to comment. And trust me when I say, I, we so I, honest, honestly, we thank everyone for commenting when you come on and comment. Let's, let's not say the person's name because they didn't subscribe, so they may not want to be put on blast. But we can, oh. I guess, talk about the comment. Let's not read it verbatim or whatever because I don't, I don't want to blast them out there like that uh, <sighs> since they didn't subscribe and, and join the community. But... But if you, okay, uh, it was but, it was interesting for sure. Okay, but if you sub, if you okay, subscribing or not, um, if you comment, we go see it, and other people can see it too. Fair point. It's Fair point. A, it's not a secret. They didn't they didn't DM us. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You're right. Fair point. Proceed. Okay. <laughs> all right, all right. I'm I'm looking here it is. All right, let's go. I'm going with I'm, I have to my, my new internet is um not as desirable as what I would like it to be, but you know what? I'm going to go with it. All right. Uh there it goes. There we right down. No where she at? Ha, here it is. Here it is. Um so you don't want me to read the person's name? 
No, I mean let's. It is public, but let's let's try to at least be a little decent. Okay, fine. I'm fine, fine, fine. This person, WS, I'll just say the initials, um, commented on the video, um, episode 32, um, and the caption on the video is, uh, drugs, threesomes, and assault charges, T.I. and Tiny, on the Cosby-ish. Um, if you've seen that, we were talking, at some point we were talking about Dr. Dre, and um, the the... What is it? What, what, what do we call it? The, the, the young and the loveless. <laughs> yes. <laughs> epic, epic saga that Dre and um, his soon-to-be ex-wife are going through. Um, but in any case, this person commented and said, how can you call a wife and a mother who put up with his or any man's sorry ass for 21 years a gold digger? And you laugh at the fact that he bought his side woman properties, etc. You guys are cray-cray. And you can feel sorry for Dre all you want. Because it's your energy you're wasting. Thank you. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, right? Like, so in one of the things that I've learned over this almost year is you've got to have a, a thick skin to do this, right? So, yeah. um, and I did radio for years and you got to have a thick skin to do radio, right? So Absolutely. I had forgotten what it was like to have dissenters. So when I first read the comment, I was like, Oh my God, no, this motherfucker didn't. But then it quickly went from that to, I'm so flattered. Yes. <laughs> right? I was, like, yes. I was like, I'm flattered that you you would, you know, take the time to post your dissenting opinion and, and whether you don't have to agree with us, but I appreciate your time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she took time know. to write a paragraph. He or she took time to write a paragraph. I believe it's a she. Because it, it, like, it sounds like a woman's point of view. Um, listen. I don't, I don't recall, well, I don't recall, I'm not going to say we didn't say it, but I don't recall calling Miss um, Nicole Young a gold digger. Um, we did not call her a gold digger, but in fairness from the commentary, one could assume that's what we thought. That I, is not what I think. Yeah, I don't think she's a gold digger at all. Um, I pointed out that in the movie Straight Outta Compton, um, in the script that was approved by all and made it to theaters, the character, um, uh, what's the lawyer? What's the, what was, I, I keep forgetting his name. Um, Jerry, Jerry Heller. Jerry Heller, the character who played, you know, the, the character in the movie, said about Dre's wife that she was opportunistic or something along, along them lines. In the movie, he's, and this was taking place back in the 80s or whatever case, when, whenever they got married or whatever case, but that's in the script. That's what that was said. He said that, you know what I mean? In the April that it put in. So to kind of look at it fast forward, it's like, hmm, maybe he saw something that no one else did see. But whatever. I don't think she's a gold digger. I think she's angry. I think she's really, really angry. And, and, you know, and, and rightfully so that, you know, he, he dipped his chocolate in another peanut butter and bought it a house. Allegedly bought it a house. Allegedly, it's, allegedly. The facts we know it was like two point one five million dollars spent on some other person that was not Nicole Young. Right. That's all yeah. we really know. We don't. It's alleged that it was a house or an apartment or something or whatever. And and to to that point, T in that video, if you go back and look at it, 
I start to kind of change my opinion, right? Because before we didn't have the facts that he was dipping his chocolate. Now we right. got the facts that he's dipping his chocolate. It, uh, my opinion on it is starting to turn a little bit. It's like, okay, you know, she has grounds to be angry uh, mm-hmm. at this point, whereas information we didn't have before. Yeah. Well, in any case, WS, thank you for your comment. Thank you for taking the time to, uh, to talk at us. You know, come back. And, <laughs> and please, dislike. If you don't like it, hit the dislike button. <laughs> I love it. I love it all. Take it um, but look, look, while we're in it, you want to continue to talk about Dre since we're here? Actually, um, we can, if we could circle back around to Dre. Um, because okay. over, the, uh, over the weekend and over the week. We, we, okay, so it's been a couple of weeks since we actually recorded this in real time. Um, but this, this weekend on Friday, which would, would have been the, it's kind of hard doing things in backwards, the 9th, April 9th, April 9th, April 9th um, unfortunately, uh, DMX, um, passed away. And, um, yeah. so a lot of, a lot of, a lot of heartfelt tributes and from, from fans and friends and. You know, people in the industry, people that just knew him. Um, I, I, you know, I, my, my condolences to his family um, and, and what they're dealing with, with, you know, for their loss. Um, but I can say, I mean, I, I was a fan of DMX. I found them to be a bit awkward because I, I, I didn't understand. Initially, I didn't understand all the religious talk and the imagery, some of the imagery around him that I'm sure he probably didn't have anything to do with, but the imagery around it sometimes seemed a little satanic <laughs> with the blood and all the different things that, you know what I mean? Um, but as I got to like listening through his lyrics and listening through some of his prayers that he's put on his albums and actually paying attention to some of the things he says, I'm a Christian. I, I, I'll put that out there. I am a Christian. And so listening to what you know he's said on 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 record and in interviews and everything else i i believe he also was a christian and was also um had given his life um to serve christ and in that in his death i believe that he has um achieved going to meet his maker and to you know to go to heaven is what we believe as christians so um while it's sad, while we all sad that, you know, he, he passed away at just 50 years old, um, I believe he, um, he served his purpose here. He, he served his time here. And, um, you know, we all, you know, no one's, no one's perfect. He had his struggles. He had his, uh, you know, his, his imperfections and demons and was battling addiction, which, which is part of what ultimately took him out. But that didn't. T- I don't think that takes away from what his his where his heart was and what his beliefs were. So that's you know my, yeah. my two cents on it. He so just kind of from a factual standpoint, he um I think he initially was Jeho- Jehovah's Witness, um which you know he had some issues with with his his mom and his family with that situation, and he walked away from it from religion and everything for a while, and and eventually came back. Um, and he was, I think he was working on becoming, um, uh, he wanted to, to be like a minister working on right. being an ordained, um, ordained in the church. Uh, 
he, yeah, he was really kind of moving his life in that direction. Uh, like you said, he did struggle with some stuff, obviously drug addiction, um, bipolar disorder. I think he, he self-diagnosed that. I don't know if a, a doctor confirmed that, um, multiple, multiple arrests over his time, which, you know, I would say probably stems from, uh, troubled upbringing, uh, mental, mental health issues, drug and alcohol issues. Um, I met him once. Yeah. This was, it was back in the hot days, actually, when we were working, we were working together. Uh, we did, I can't remember which birthday bash it was, but he was, he was performing. It was right after the first album had gotten released. I think okay. that album had, had been out maybe a month. Like it, it wasn't a whole lot of time. It's like 98, I think it was. And I remember like the, the reps for the company, I had gotten to the show late. The reps from the company took me back to meet him, but he was getting ready to go on. And he was, how, how do I say this kindly? He was kind of in his own headspace. So they introduced me to him and I was like, okay, I'm going to let him stay in his headspace. Right. Like, I don't, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to keep it, keep it moving. Um, but I'll never forget. He went on a little bit later that, that evening. Uh, it was at one of the amphitheaters. What was it? Lakewood, Lakewood. I think we were at. And it was dark. And I was on stage, backstage. He was on stage, like, and had just come up. Come up and the lights kind of did the thing as he was performing. And it whipped over the crowd. And you just saw all of these people. Just going and knew all of the lyrics to all of the songs. And I'm like, how is that possible? This album has only been out for a short amount of time. Right. But it was like, it was in that moment where I was like, okay, this dude, he's something different. He's something different. Um, it was just mind blowing. I never, I never saw anything like it at that up until that moment. I've never seen anything like it afterwards. And I've been, I've seen a lot of people, I've been in a lot of shows or whatever. Um, but he dropped that album in what, 98, uh, what is it? It's dark and hell is hot. Yeah. The first one. Then he dropped his second one in 98. He dropped his third one in 99. Um, I think the fourth one was in 2000 and the fifth one was right behind that in like 0102 or something like that. But all five of those records debuted at number one on the billboard hot 100, all five back to back. Michael Jackson hasn't done that. Tupac hasn't done that. Biggie hasn't done that. Elvis hasn't done that. Marvin Gaye hasn't done that. Patti LaBelle, Mary J. Blige. You name, you pick a name. No one has done that but him. Right. Yeah. And the way, I mean, to put Cheers. albums back to back in the same year. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's, that's. Yep. Something else. Something else. Cheers to that brother. Yeah, man. And and condolences to, my, um, to, to you know the family. Yeah, my cousin. I um I did a tribute for him on Friday. Um, I put a mix together and um and put it up on on my site. If you want it, you can check it out on therealtstorm.com. But um, as I was putting it together, I remembered my um my cousin Nikki, who's down in Atlanta. I remember she was the biggest DMX fan I ha I knew. When she was in high school, I mean, she was, oh my God, she was all about DMX. Every album, every song, album cuts, all everything. And I, I was like, that, that's the, you know, so when I think DMX, I think my cousin Nikki, because she was all about it, right? And then so I, I posted up and she reposted 
the tribute and I let her know that I, you know, I had her on my mind when I was doing it because she was the, you know, the biggest tangible fan I knew. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, but yeah, yeah. Um, I, I got to meet him once when I, I was wor- working with um, Steve Harvey. He came up to the studios there, and um, he was cool. He was he was cool, laid back dude. Still, uh, the the gruff and the voice and the latest. You know that was him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, shout out to Swiss Beats. Shout out to Swiss Beats. Um, he put up um, a tribute. I play a, a little bit of um, what he put on his Instagram. First and foremost. I want to say um, thank you for all the prayers and the blessings for for my brother, the great DMX. Let me tell you something, man. My brother, man, my brother was a different type of brother, different type of artist, different type of creative, different type of spirit, different type of zone, different type of soul. Since the day that I met him, he lived his life for everyone else. He, I don't... I never seen, I never seen him live his life for himself. You ain't never seen DMX with a Lamborghini. You ain't never seen my brother with a, with a, with a Rolls Royce. You ain't never seen him ice that with no jury. He did not care about any of that. He was the biggest. DMX was the biggest. And let me tell you why he was the biggest. He was the biggest because he prayed for everybody else. More than he did for himself. He'd get on that stage and pray for 15,000 people. Knowing that he needed more prayers than everybody that he was praying for. Yeah, that's just a little portion. It's um, pretty lengthy, but you know, goes without saying. You know, um, Swiss and and X were close. Um, and yeah, yeah. I seen you know interviews of Swiss talking about how generous DMX was. He, I saw an interview where he talked about they were. He went to go. He, I think he picked him up when he was in uh like in rehab, and they went to some diner. And <laughs> before they left the diner or whatever, he's like, uh, he told Swiss, he said, God told me to pay for everybody food in here. <laughs> and Swiss was like, God told you that? <laughs> <Right? You know? laughs> and he did. And he paid for everybody's food in, the, in that restaurant. Was, that's, that's, he didn't know none, not, yeah, none of them. But, you know, that's special dude. And he's right. Like, I think about it. I never seen him with jewelry. You know, no type of jewelry, flashy cars, and nothing. Not even, you know, at all. At all. Yeah. I mean, I think that the, the Rough Riders thing he wore for a yeah. minute back when, when they were kind of establishing and doing their thing. But other than that, nah. I mean, he wasn't he wasn't that dude. No. And you and you know, you think about it, you watched him in videos and seeing him in interviews and all of that all those years, you probably never thought about the fact you didn't see him in a bunch of jewels. Yeah, but everybody like, else was was dripping. Yeah. 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 Anyway, I you know, I I I'll say this and not to belabor the point, but I'll say this and then we can move on. But uh, you know, people talk about their top fives, uh, greatest MCs of all time, that kind of thing. I've never heard him 
in anybody's top five. Um, and I, I think that might be because people, A, they don't know really what his record sales and stuff were. Mm. They just know like his, his club impact or his music impact or his impact on radio. And they're thinking about lyricism. And, I, I, and I've been toying with the idea of putting together a definitive top five. You know, how do you do that? But breaking it down into categories and then ranking, giving points in different categories and then total points being like the, the top five. But to that, to, in that vein or why I even mention that, I think the thing that people miss a lot of times when they talk about top five is emoting. Um, there have been two who've, who've emoted like no one else has ever done. And it was DMX and Tupac. It was just something about like verbal wordplay wasn't the best. Lyrical dexterity wasn't the best. But when they said words on a microphone, you felt every single word that they were saying. Yeah. And that's, that's a difficult thing to pull off, but they did it. So as when, when I get to the point where I develop my definitive top five, maybe we'll do a show on it or something, but, um, you know, that'll be a category, emoting. Yeah. And those two will be number, numbers one and two in that, in that category. Speaking of top five, I think we can definitely end on, on, on a lighter note. Um, DMX's cameo in Chris Rock's movie, Top Five, has to be Most some of the best. Oh, yeah. I hate commercials that pop up when... Okay, let's get... I'll catch you up there. What did it? Pre-roll video. When, when I met you this morning, you mentioned this show that I did at no, your school like that. 15 years ago. Here we go. And I remembered it. So, I thought I was at bottom. So the, I was Chris like, Rock goes to jail. I have fucked up everything. And looks and across to the cell. And I sees heard this DMX. crazy sound. <laughs> wow. DMX. What are you doing here? Really? What am I doing here? I'm X, man. I live in this motherfucker, man. Don't you watch the news? <laughs> Damn, homie. I respect the fuck out of your shit, man. Uprise? I'm going to see that as soon as I get out, man. Yo, man, thanks a lot, man. I'm a big fan of yours, too. One thing I really respect about you, why I fuck with you for real, son, is that you won't let the industry box you in. I'm pretty much on some same shit, yo. I'm kind of tired of rapping, man. Plus, I got so much more to offer. That's what I always say, man. I got so much more to offer. You got a minute? Yeah. Check this out. Smile, though your heart is aching. Smile, even though it's breaking. When there are clouds in the sky, you'll get by. Smile, through the pain and sorrow. What? Smile, and maybe tomorrow, you see the sun come shining through for you. I'm expressing myself over here, nigga. Light up your face with gladness. Yeah, that's dope. <laughs> I'm expressing myself over here, nigga. <laughs> that's the piece to DMX, man. Yeah, oh, man. yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, moving on. Moving on. 
uh, let's, you know, let's, so I have on this show, I have, have been, uh, rather critical of one Mr. Tyler Perry. And I have also come out and said, I, you know, just don't really enjoy his stuff. I don't really enjoy the Medea stuff. I, you know, I tried, I, I can't. Uh, it was just announced that Showtime is doing a Medea prequel. Uh, okay, I have questions. I actually want to see it. I, I want to see it. I have questions. Um, hmm. Hmm. <laughs> we all know who Medea actually is. The character is actually portrayed by Tyler Perry himself in, I won't say drag, but, you know, dressed as an older woman. I mean. Drag, okay. Uh, and that's part of the charm and the, the, the comedy in it is because it's, we know that it's Tyler Perry. You get lost in the character a little bit, but we know that it's Tyler Perry. He plays along with the, the saggy breast in, in part of the costume and, you know, twerking and jumping around and all the stuff that he does. It's, it's funny. How does a young Medea, Mabel, I, who does that character? Well, they didn't. They haven't announced who is actually going to play the character, but they have said it's a drama and not a comedy. Uh, excuse so, me. So, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a drama okay. series. It's a drama prequel series. Now they may inject some comedy into it, but it sounds like it's it's supposed to be dramatic. Which I gotta be honest, dude. That. I, I, so I, I have seen, I've been a part of pilot season. I've seen pilots and television shows and I'll be honest with you. Just, I'm generally disinterested in show pitches, right? Like okay, another cop show, another doctor show, another, uh, mismatched neighbor situation, comedy, another big dumb man smart wife situation comedy. I'm just over all of it. When right. I saw that pitch, when I saw that, I was like, I want to see it. Right? It's interesting. It's it's different. It's new. Um I hope the writing doesn't get cliche. Uh you know, I hope they explore the character from a serious side and how some different seriousness invokes the comedic display or whatever. I think it's an opportunity to make a really really good and interesting show. And I want to see it. Hmm. Okay. All right. I I I I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> oh, I'm clear. Uh, but I can't get past that the characters played by a dude, and if, for comedy purposes, and it's kind of like, all right, I'm all for dramas and all that type of stuff. I, I get it. But. Uh, I'm just trying to picture how that would work out. So then it would definitely be an actual woman playing the part because you, you know, un unless I mean, part of the character is that Mabel is a cross-dressing person of some sort. I doubt that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm, 
I'm I'm curious to see what it looks like, but uh, for the story to be all that what you said, Tyler Perry has to bring on other writers to help write because you know, famously he bragged that he was the only one writing all of his scripts, all of his TV shows, all of his movies, and you know that's a marvelous feat. But when you look at the product, you go, yeah, I can tell one person, same person wrote all of this. You, you get what I'm saying? Like every last, right? It follows, a, it follows a format and it's not necessarily great in my opinion, but there are people that like the, you know, that, that like the stuff, right? But I think what brought it, what, what made it call people, call people's attention to it is when, whatever that last movie was, when he had the bad wigs and, <laughs> that was on it, it, it was on Netflix. They had super horrible wigs and he shot it in three days or something like that. Or whatever. It was weird. And then he was like, Yeah, you know, I, I wrote all these scripts myself. I don't have a writer's room. Like, dude, you need to have a writer's room. You got You need to have a writer's room. You can't yeah. you can't come up with everything yourself. No. You just can't. So um I, I, I'm so, willing to you give know, it a chance. It brings up an interesting question to you when you say, you know, who's gonna play it? I, you know, I would hope that he would hire um, a woman to play the character. Right. Uh, if he doesn't, right, does it open the door to say he is telling the story of a black woman but not having a black woman tell the story, right? Is he co-opting the black female experience? And this is for this show and Medea just in general. Is he co-opting the black female experience in order to, to create a character and make money, but not allowing a black female the opportunity to play that role? Is he stealing a job from a black woman? I mean, I, if I would say yes, um, definitely. But understanding how he's, he's spoken about the Medea character, and that Medea is a combination of family members, women, um, that he, you know, put into one body. I, I don't think he would do. I don't think he would do that. I don't think he would do that. I'm sure it, because if, if he wants it to be authentic and an authentic story, um, then you know he'll get a, an actress to, put, to portray the role for a drama. If it was a comedy, then okay, that's a you know. Anything goes because it's not supposed to be taken that seriously. But if you want, if you want people to take it seriously as a drama, uh, yeah, yeah, you need a dude. I mean, sorry, it can't be a dude to do it. Yeah, you know. But that's just my opinion. We'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what happens. We'll see. We will see. Um. There were so many stories that we 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 missed out on past weeks. I don't know if we if we have enough time to cover it all. Um, uh, we did. We were off for two weeks, just for everybody. So, uh, congratulations to to T. He, he moved into a new place. So, oh yeah, thank he you. He was down for a minute. I was down for a minute. So we were off for two weeks. Um, yeah, As you, you know, he got everything set up. I'm still putting piecing it together. Um, shout out my wife who, who, um, as I was like, I put the equipment and stuff together, you know, a couple of hours, you know, before we started shooting this. So it's 
the technical side of in me is like I'm I'm disturbed because it's such an echo in the room. <laughs> the people that are not as technically savvy, they don't really care about all that. Like, what are you talking about? It's sound people and film people who know what I'm talking about. So I have to do something about that. But the pictures, you know, and the plaques and stuff, you know, um, to my left, I have, um, I forget this character's name. He was uh, not Darth, is it Darth Maul? Darth Maul, right? No, that's Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren. Thank you. Oh, bug me out. Kylo Ren from Star Wars. Um, And, you know, there'll there'll be more stuff to go on. Fresh paint on the walls. I have to say, my the entire house was painted pink. The previous owners had an affinity for pink. The master bedroom was green, so it seemed like an AKA of some sort. Like, you know, but I know AKAs just goes, no, nah, I wouldn't want my whole house to be pink. What do you, why would they do that? It's, it's like Miss Piggy and Kermit had a fight, and, and Kermit's like, Piggy, you do whatever you want to do with the house. The room is mine. That's my Kermit the Frog impression, y'all. Another episode of Bad Impressions with T-Storm. Thank you. Um, but in any case, yeah, I, I, it's, it was horrible. The, the pink. Shout out to anybody that likes the color pink all in their house. Hey, more power to you. I couldn't. It was, your it ass, was like. You and, your, you and your family moved into a womb. <laughs> <laughs> I said it looked like a Wendy Williams nightmare. Like the entire house is pink. Shout out to Troy. Uh, I'll give him props. Uh, Troy, Troy Peniman, who um, came out and painted the entire house, got rid of the pink and, and, and painted all the rooms in the house. He did a fantastic job. So shout out to him. Um, so while we were away, uh, one Miss Rachel Dolezal was back in the news. And let's not spend a whole lot of time on this because we spent a whole lot of time on her before. But Rachel Dolezal is being featured in a documentary about black beauty. Hey, listen, not for nothing, she's kind of now, like now, she's kind of living the black experience. So let her have at it. I think she does more for the cause suffering. (laughs) <laughs> then going you know what I can't do this black shit I'm gonna go back to being white I think she stay true to it stick with it you know just ride it out uh, <laughs> the name of the project is Subjects of Desire uh, it's directed directed by Jennifer Holness and it's gonna premiere at South by South with South by Southwest this year I'm tripping over my tongue today uh, it says in the documentary, Rachel will discuss how she's afraid of white men and has been ob- uh, obligated to fit the quote white mold. She's, she's been obligated to fit the white mold. What the hell does that even mean? You've been passing as a black woman <laughs> for the past. What the hell does that mean, Rachel? <laughs> Even you're not being as obligated to fit the black... white mold. You're white, and you're in the mold. Oh boy! It just okay. kind of is yeah. what it is. 
But let, let let me read on so we can move on from this. Just I I wanted to d- talk about this story just you know to follow up on Rachel and the ridiculousness yeah. of it. Quote: It wasn't a commercial thought. It wasn't like I thought if I put her in it, it'll be controversial. No, not at all. I'm doing a film on black women and beauty, and this is the first time that I've come across a white woman pretending to be black for ten years when there wasn't a massive financial benefit. That is from uh, the director, uh, okay. uh, one Miss Jennifer Holness. Because obviously, people are going to say you're putting her in there for, for shock value and for people to watch your film. Which right. I hear her explanation, but I still think you're putting her in there for shock value and for people to want to watch your film. Both things can exist simultaneously. Listen, again, she got to stick with it. Because black folks, we can't take, we, we can't go, hey, I'm tired of being black. So if you're choosing to be black, choosing to be black, that is, stick with it. Ride it out to the end. That's all I got to say about well, that. Well, to that point, uh, in the documentary, here's a quote from one Miss Rachel Dolezal. I would say since then, I've had just shaming and ridicule. I've been called an insult to white women and an insult to black women. White women are angry because I did uh, what they never would do and went further. Like I put 110. I didn't just uh, be that white ally and do a little bit. I canceled my white privilege. I canceled my hair. For black women, I feel like it's a reaction to pain. It's like a trigger to post-traumatic stress. She continues. When it comes to white men, that's the group that I am the most scared of on a level of threat because that's mostly the white supremacy folks. So she's going to take all white men and make them white supremacists. I know she didn't say all. Let's not be the all police here. But she spoke on white men as a group and likened white men as a group to white supremacists. I think that's a bit of an overreach. Well, to her point, how many black white supremacists do you know? <laughs> Fair enough. But there are black supremacists. And to okay. say all black people are, are, I'm afraid of all black people or black men as a group because black, all black supremacists are men, right? Like that's a bit of an overreach. You're taking I, a small I, percentage I, of a large population and conflating that small percentage to the entire population. I can't believe I'm defending her, but um, <laughs> I'm tricky that way, T. I can't believe I'm, I'm actually doing this. You got me on this one. Um, I don't think she was implying all. The reality of it is, if you run into a group of white dudes, depending on where you are. Um, you could run into a white supremacist within that group, you know, right? Um, I don't think it's the majority. I don't think it's, you know, a high number. You know what I mean? It's not it's high enough. It's high enough to notice. Um, and it's high enough to be a problem. Um, because, you know, because, you know, to what you said about black supremacists, while they exist or black extremists who call it that it's not a real thing or a threat you know there's no there's no american power behind black supremacy you get what i'm saying 
there is a whole structure protecting white supremacy. Laws, institute, like so everything. You get what I'm saying? It's, it, it can be argued. Um, American laws and just the, the construct of America um, was an experiment for white supremacy. And so the issue, you know, even with, even with people not realizing, you know, the, uh, I'm losing myself here. Even with folks that, you know, they say, I'm not racist. You don't realize stuff that you're doing or saying is based in white supremacy because it's been going on for so long. That doesn't exist for black folks. That's, that's all I'm saying. So gotcha. to her point, I, I, I'm, I'm with you, you know, she's, you know, not saying all white dudes are white supremacists, but if, you know, you run into enough, you will meet a white supremacist, I guess. That's, I, I don't know. Okay, I don't know. That's, I'll leave it up there. It's it's the um, the perception of inequitable power distribution within the framework that would make one more dangerous than the other when comparing a group of white extremists versus a group of black extremists. To her point, though, that's not what she said. Right. What she said was, when it comes to white men, that's the group that I am the most scared of on a level of threat because that's mostly the white supremacy folks. So she really is, by her statement, conflating white men as a group with white supremacy folks, which I, are there white supremacists? Yeah. Um, again, with inequity of power, when you look at men versus women, men, generally speaking, are bigger, stronger, and therefore capable of inflicting uh, more violence or, or um, more significant violence, more significant damage. So, yeah, I, I, can, I can go, I can stretch that far. But to, to, to do that, and then, you know, what rubs me, right, the wrong way is it's a white woman saying it. <laughs> right, a white woman pretending to be black saying it. It's like, are you doing this to score more points with the group you're trying to be like, or are you genuine? Do you really mean it? I think she really means it. At this point, she has nothing to gain. Nothing. Fair. Nothing. You know what I mean? And, and at this point, I don't think she has any more to lose. So, why not be say what you mean, mean what you say? You know? Yeah. Again, Rachel Dolezal, you owe me a, a, a braiding. I want a discount on getting my hair braided for sticking up for you. Hold on. Uh, Hold on. One more, <laughs> one more quote. <laughs> In reference to her husband, she said her first husband, uh, who, was, who was a black man, uh, he was. was one of the people who tried to force her to fit into the quote white mold. Uh, it, it, she said uh, he he would make comments about how no white woman has that kind of butt. You need to get a respectable white butt. <laughs> oh, 
dude. <laughs> I, I don't even know what that means. I don't even get it. That's funny, though. Get a respectable Yo. white ass, woman. What's wrong with you? I wonder if he was a comedian, a stand-up comedian, because that sounds like a punchline for your ass. He, he had a respectable white butt. You know, respectable white butt. Stop eating grits. <laughs> <laughs> Put down the grits, woman. What are you trying to oh, do Oh, God. Here? I'm mad you because you was white. <laughs> if I wanted a black woman, I'd have got a black woman. That's what he meant. That's what that shit meant. He I'm mad because you was white. Oh. You go and get all this he ass. To, nah, if I wanted, if I wanted a round booty, I'd have found me a sister with a round booty. Go back to your <laughs> flat white ass that I knew when I met you. <coughs> oh my god, that's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> well, while while we're doing the follow up journey here, we talked about um, Tessica Brown, Miss Gorilla Glue Girl. She is. <laughs> Why did she get the buzzer? Because <laughs> I don't want to talk about her. <laughs> like, why? But I mean, I, I, we well, can follow up. But God, dog, it. What? She's achieving what she wanted. And and you know what? I'm gonna support her hustle. Oh. I'm gonna support her hustle because she gonna need it. She's pregnant. Yeah. Um. That, she's pregnant by her uh with her fiance, one Mister Dewitt Madison. This will be their first child together. Mm-hmm. Tessica has five children. Already. Her fiance has already five. Her fiance has four. Bringing this baby, bringing the total number of children to 10. 10 babies. Ah, ah, ah. That's my, uh, the count. In the count. <laughs> yes. Uh, so much. I so would like congratulations. To say. Yeah, yeah. Congratulations. Uh, I, mm, nope. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Just moving on. Let's just uh, following uh, okay. up on. Wait, wait, wait. Just real quick, folks. If you're wondering what I'm saying, I'm going to help you read my mind. I'm going to give you some clues to read my mind. I won't say it. You can say it for me. This woman was so bright, she put Gorilla Glue in her hair and now is having another child. Decisions. Mm. I'm just saying. Just wonder what the decisions is going to be like. That's it. Feel free to fill in the blank. There are some home child-proofing jokes there. Uh, <laughs> there are some little Timmy's eating the glue jokes there. We're just going to skip all, past all of them and just say, oh, congratulations. Little, little TT put Gorilla Glue on her lips, just like you, Tessica. <laughs> just like your mama. <clears throat> uh, the, next on the, the follow-up tour... Uh-huh. One Mr. Tyrese. 
during the versus battle between Earth, Wind, and Fire and the Isley Brothers, which I would have loved to see. I didn't even know that one was happening. He uh, posted, quote, hate that my mother used to drink every day, but she's the reason I know real music. He gets both for that. Because, listen, what... (sighs) I was that that yeah. mm. well Look, I said it before I think dude is it's a cry for help I think and a lot of people went into the comments and was like yo what's with your boy Tyrese let's do crowdsourcing to get him a, a therapist you know I think one lady said um Tyrese that kid to be telling all the business on the playground or something like that <laughs> so yeah. I think it's a cry for help dude I'm and I don't want to be right about this, but I think we are probably a few weeks away from a, a serious breakdown with that cat. Like this? I just want my baby. Would it be a, <laughs> would it be something like that? You have to look out for oh, that. Oh God! Yes. <laughs> okay. All right, just checking. All right, yeah, yeah I'm, I, he's either seeking attention or has he always been seeking attention, and we just didn't notice because he was a you know a legitimate actor and artist putting out films and getting attention for his art. Now, you know, you know that that's a very is? interesting question. Was he always seeking um, attention and we just didn't realize it? Or is it because he doesn't have these other, you know, avenues out, he's resorting to, um, there's no such thing as bad publicity? You know what? I think that might be it. I think he, if you know the story if you or you don't know the story of Tyrese, most people just know him at this point from Fast and Furious movies and, and that kind of thing. They don't even really know him by his music at this point, uh, the younger oh. folks. But Tyrese got put on from a, um, what was it, a Sprite commercial or a Coke commercial? Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola. It was Coca-Cola. Where it, was, it was, yeah, he, he was, was a short commercial, short Coke commercial. He's getting on the bus. He's walking back to the back of the bus. He's got on his headphones and he's singing and he does the Coke jingle. And it's like a close-up of his face and women went nuts. He's handsome. He's chocolate. He can sing. He got a record deal. His records blew up. And I think he just got attention. But now we're in this new age. And this was pre-social media, media, pre-boom of the internet. So he is, people are getting the amount of attention that he got from hard work, grinding, doing movies, making albums by doing what we're doing right now. Just putting a camera on in front of us and talking. And they're getting the same level of attention that he's getting. So he's got to one-up that. I think he probably got addicted to that level of attention from, from his grind. It's not so easily accessible to him anymore. And he's one up in, and I don't even think he knows he's doing it though. I right. think it's just kind of happening. Yeah. Just put some, just put some music out, Tyrese. Just put some music out again. Just do it. But I, I miss her record. I want a back record. I mean, shit. Uh, what's his name? Um, 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 Robin, Robin Thicke did it. We see how that shit worked out for him. 
Yeah, I didn't pan out, but I'm saying he 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 put his attention to the music. He kept it to the music. He wasn't putting up stupid posts. He did the music, and and he shook. Fair he enough. took his shot with the music. Didn't pan out for he his did, woman. She she left. Um, he but, did the music and other bitches, and he took his shot with other bitches, which is why exactly. he had to do the music. <laughs> had to do me, and and you know his wife's like, nah, I'm good. It was Paula Patton, right? Why do I yeah. get Paula Patton yeah, yeah. and Fanny Newton mixed up? I don't know. I get them mixed up for some reason. Sorry. In any case, you don't hear about Robin Thicke. <laughs> he did his music. And he's like, oh, it didn't work out. All right, cool. What's your name? <laughs> Come with me. He did his thing. And then he tried to do that record with T.I. Uh, no, he, that was the Marvin Gaye rip. Oh yeah, yeah, they, they, yeah. Mar- what Marvin Gaye people don't play. No, and I think black folks, play. black folks, kind of low key canceled him. It was like, yeah, we ain't really fucking with you no more. They just kind of hit him with that elbow and moved on. Well, see, it's not really his fault. He wasn't the producer. Pharrell you know, produced that record. Yeah, and, and, the, and all the weight of it went on Robert Thicke because it was his record, and but and. <laughs> each other under the bus. It wasn't my idea. It was his idea. I didn't do it. It was like... <laughs> right. Well, speaking speaking of that record, T.I. was on that record. Uh, he, he brought heat to that record. Yeah. And now him and his wife, they still getting the heat. So, oh, continuing the catch-up train. Uh, let's see. Three more women have come out to say... That T.I. and Tiny drugged them, raped them, sex trafficked them. Wow. This, 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 this episode of Law and Order sucks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as of right now, they're still, all of the accusers are anonymous. Yeah. Uh, they, they cannot face their accusers. Hopefully, well, not hopefully. If it goes to court, then they'll have to, right? Those accusers right. will have to step up. Um, Ti and well Tiny just continue a, to deny. This very well well may be a smear campaign if it's if it's not authenticated in court and all that good stuff. Um, which you know that sort of thing works because you will never know the truth. You'll never know what you know what really took place, what happened if they don't take it to court. Um, and I don't. It doesn't seem like it's going to court. I think it's just it's doing what it's intended to do, which is to wreak havoc on their financials. Um, Ti got dropped from the third Ant Man movie. Well, at least at least that's, that's how I read it. He's not going to be doing the the third Ant Man movie as a result of all of this. That's that's Disney. Disney's like, hey, bro, sorry, we. This is like, nope. You know, you got you got you got a lot going on, man. We can't have that attached to Marvel. You know what I mean? So yeah, and whatever else, you know, other things that you know he has going on that may go, hey, we don't like the attention, you know. So unless it goes to court and they're able to clear their name, it's still going to wreak havoc on their uh, on their uh, um uh, the uh, ability to earn. Yeah, there you go. Um, so lawyers are involved. 
Um, T.I. T.I. and his wife, they he and Tiny have a lawyer, and then it's a lawyer that's kind of reg- uh, representing the group. Um, it has been rumored that T.I. and Tiny's lawyer tried to settle, and the other lawyer was essentially like, go fuck yourself, um, mm. which says to me he, he has a case, uh, which says to me that there is likely some truth to the allegations, but that doesn't mean the allegation is true, meaning they may have done drugs with some woman that they were with together. But they may not have coerced that person into doing drugs. You see what I'm saying? So right. I I think I said before when we talked about this story, I'll say it now. I think it's um it's it's terrifying that someone can just go out on the in an interwebs and say this person did this and this person did that, uh, and it's treated as fact. Right. Um I, yeah, it, I, as long as it stays anonymous and allegations on the interwebs, I cannot bring that to a level of factual evidence that we should be dealing with, right? But, you know, people are saying it is at this point, it's worth investigating at the very least. Yeah. Again, this, I mean, it's, it's, it's terrible for all parties involved because if, sure. if it's actually factual, the victims have to relive what happened to them. If it's not yes. factual, if it's just allegations and, you know, somebody, you, know, you, you, did, you did a three-way and now, you know, you got buyer's remorse. Um, now, you, you know, you're tearing down someone's reputation. You know what I mean? Um, and thirdly, like I said, we'll never know what actually happened. Only the people, only people involved will. So, yep. Let's see so, what happens. You know. Um, we're gonna right. wrap in a se- we're gonna wrap in a second. In a lot of like we've been off for two weeks, so there's a lot more to cover. We'll talk about in in the after show, but I do want to um plug this one one quick little note because I don't want to spend too much time on it because I don't want to feel like I'm beating up on a legend. But Cher, about a week ago, came out um, and made some remarks, something to the effect of about the um, George Floyd case. Um, something to the effect of if she was there, she could have stopped it. And people were like, excuse me? Cher, what the hell are you... And she came back and apologized. Um, first, she doubled down on her remarks, saying, I wrestled with this um, because I thought some people wouldn't understand or believe that entertainer could have honest emotions about a human being suffering and dying, even if it's only shown on TV. You don't know what I've done, who I am, or what I believe. I can have, I can, I have, and I will help. Like, all right, and then <laughs> it makes sense. She has a friend named Karen. She put another. <laughs> you you know you're in a dark place when you're going to Karen for advice on racist <laughs> shit you might have said. Right, <laughs> but it makes sense that it's share. 
She, uh, she says, quote, I just got off the phone with a friend, Karen, told her what happened and realized you can piss people off and hurt them by not knowing everything that's not appropriate to say. I know people apologize when they're in the jam, but to God, I'm truly sorry if I upset anyone in the black community. <laughs> I know my heart. <laughs> Good, you apologize. You okay? Yeah, but she was doing way too much. Oh, I, if I was there, I could. Can you? Um, I, no, I won't even. I won't even paint the picture of Cher showing up at a police stop. It does. It's ridiculous that she would even been around for something like that. But. You can't help, but you can help. You can use your your privilege and your power and your resources. Um, we're applicable. Saying stupid stuff like that does not help. I could have helped. I could have stopped it. How does that so, benefit anybody? So here's the thing. I think what she said was fucking stupid. And I think when she, let me restate that. I think what she said was ill thought. Insensitive. Um, Yes. And stupid. And, and, and stupid. And we can keep stupid on the table. <laughs> and then double de- doubling down on it, again, ill thought, and said shouldn't have done it. But I think you're going to see more of this than less of this as the days, weeks, and months progress. Uh, because of the notion, use your, use your privilege to help. Right. What it's causing people to do is insert themselves into situations where they don't know shit about it. Like right. she know how to make a song and do a stage show in Vegas. That's what she knows, right? That's her her area of expertise. So yeah. when she she goes to do what you know, I'm I'm gonna help. She winds up fucking it up, right? Like, <laughs> which you know, God bless her, whatever. I, but I, I think we're gonna see a lot more of this before. We don't see it anymore um, with people having an elevated sense of self and jumping into the fray without doing their level of due diligence uh, and research to figure out the best way to go about it, the right things to say, and the best way to help. Because sometimes the best way to help is to not say nothing at all, right? Just look at that situation and go, nope, don't know nothing about that. I would have been, I would have been, I wouldn't have been as tight about it if she had just dedicated a song to, to George Floyd and his family, you know, and the approach, she has an appropriate song. If I could turn back time, that's her, right? Yeah. She should have just sang that and dedicated Look, to the family. They were like, okay, I get it. You know, I'm sorry that this tragedy happened, you know. You know, sorry that it's dragging through court. You know, I don't know all the facts and I'm not a lawyer, but I do know that some injustice exists. I want to dedicate the proceeds to One Night in My Vegas show, to the NAACP, um, the uh, Innocence Project, you know, organizations that are set up to help right the injustice. Done. Move on. Right. right? <laughs> and, and, and Floyd's daughter for a college fund or something like that. Boom. Right. Not, hey, if I was there, I could have stopped it. You don't shut the hell up. <laughs> oh, share booty. All right, folks, um, we're going to continue. She has a respectable white woman's booty. She has a very respectable white woman's. It's like She's like 70 now, right? A 70-year-old white woman's ass. Like, she's phenomenal. Just. Okay. 
straight up and down like it's, <laughs> it was designed to be. Dolazol's ex-husband would have approved. Um, hey, listen, um, we appreciate you watching, appreciate you listening. If you want to hear more content, make sure you make your way over to our website, unpoppinshow.com. That's where you could find the after show where we continue discussion on uh, some more topics. And um, follow us on all socials. All the bugs are there. Uh, Unpoppin' Show at, uh, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and even TikTok. I put a video up on TikTok um, at Unpoppin' Show. I don't know if it's going to work out. I'm just going to let you know now. It's, I don't know if it's going to work out. It's, we're going to keep putting that up. Uh, um, and if I might also plug my son, my four-year-old, <laughs> has another record out. <laughs> oh, I haven't heard this and one yet. You haven't heard this one? Oh, boy. Mm-mm. Let's see. Um, let's see if I can find it. He's on, So... He goes by Tahir the Prince, and it's a song called Proceed. And let me see if I can play a little bit of it. Uh huh. This is my four year old. What? Yeah. Well, you leave it with this. Whoa! This might make your mom dance. This might make your dad dance. This might make a brother. Peace out. See you next time. Very nice. Thank you. Look, tell tell Ty here to give us permission to use it on YouTube so we don't we don't get a, a strike. <laughs> <All> right. <laughs>